Welcome to Breitbart News Daily. Thanks for being here. Hey, we're simulcasting the show on the First TV as well. The FirstTV.com, First TV app, 347 on DirecTV. Join us over there, and you can uh, watch the show as well. You can record it and then go back to stuff later. If you miss part of the show in the car or on the app, you can go watch it later or re-listen to an interview, re-watch an interview. Um, so obviously DeSantis was the big news here today. So we talked about it for pretty much the entire show. Wonderful phone calls. I was specifically asking for people who were DeSantis voters who are now not voting for Trump. You can't just can't get on the Trump train. And you're going for Nikki Haley. And we had a couple of those calls. Very interesting. I'm very fascinated by that person. I don't quite understand that person. So we had a few of those calls. Uh, if you subscribe to the app, or excuse me, if you subscribe to SiriusXM, you can uh, hear the whole show. Or if you go to thefirsttv.com, then you can, you can watch all that. Uh, but I just want to present here the opening segment that I think, I think is like uniting. I think like it's, all, like it's all good. And that's the thing. It's all good. We don't need to make it more complicated than it needs to be. And uh, that's it. It's fine. Let's all, let's all win the next election. Donald Trump yesterday. Okay. He just said, will I be using the name Ron DeSanctimonious? I said, that name is officially retired. It's pretty interesting that we've had how many years now of Donald Trump? It's 2015, so nine years of Donald Trump in the presidential race. I've never heard him say on the campaign trail or anywhere, you're fired. Isn't that interesting? I wonder if I wonder if like NBC owns that or something. He doesn't even own it. He's never used it. How could he not have used it once in any joke in any way at all? That's the closest I've ever heard him get to the "you're fired" punchline. This is his whole thing for like ten years was "you're fired," and maybe that's that's his newest one. It's retired. There you go. Do we need to go over the Donald J. Trump game theory strategy of tit for tat? Because that is how that works. Ron DeSantis has dropped out of the race, has endorsed Donald Trump. Here is a little bit of his announcement video that Ron DeSantis made the other day. Nobody worked harder, and we left it all out on the field. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic, and his elevation of Anthony Fauci, Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology, are over. I thank all of our passionate supporters who have stood by us through it all, that we had people volunteer to come to Iowa in the middle of a blizzard to knock on doors and make phone calls touched us dearly. No candidate had more thrown at him, but no candidate had so many committed volunteers and staff. All right, so that's fine. I love the, just the blowing past Nikki Haley. That's <laughs> blow right over here. She's the worst. Um, much is to be made of the post-mortem for the DeSantis campaign. Why did he lose? Why did he never buy? And there's a lot of these insider reports, insider insights about what he didn't do, and he did too much of this, he didn't do enough of that, he needed to hit Trump harder. Needed, right? I don't know. I don't, think it, any, I don't think anything he could have done mattered much. I don't think there's anything he really could have done differently to win. The problem was he was going up against Trump. And as soon as they kicked down the doors of Mar-a-Lago, ah, 
So, sorry, everyone else. So uh, it's all good, Ron. Don't fret. I'll vote for you in four years, probably. I don't know. We'll see how we'll see everything goes, of course. But uh, I don't think there's any, I don't, at the risk of, I don't know. I don't know if people like this or not, but I don't want to be overly dramatic. Uh, it'll be okay. Remember four, uh, eight years ago, uh, people who said they'd never vote for Lion Ted ever again. Oh, it was Lion Ted. That was the whole thing. It was Trump and Lion Ted. Cruz, Cruz, Cruz uh, holds the Bible high and then he lies. Remember Trump <laughs> sort of said that Ted Cruz's dad helped assassinate JFK, I think was the accusation that was there. Uh, and now he's Texas Ted. He was lying Ted. Now he's Texas Ted. They're all friends. Cruz endorsed Trump the other day. Trump loves Cruz. I'd vote for Ted Cruz now, of course, again, if I was in Texas. So, like, it's like, it's okay. Uh, four years is a ways away. All's forgiven. And uh, I don't think he could have done anything differently that would have made any difference at all. So it's fine. Um, I'm happy to take your phone call if you have any any other explainer as to what he, he could have done differently in this campaign. Or maybe if you're a DeSantis supporter, why you wouldn't, you're not voting for Trump. I'm, I'm interested in that person very much. I don't quite understand that person. Like you, you hate Trump so much. Like you like DeSantis, but you hate Trump. I'm, cu- I'm curious where your Venn diagram doesn't overlap. Where your support of DeSantis has no room for Donald Trump. That's interesting to me. So that I'm, I'm curious if you're if 866-95-PATRIOT, if that's you. But also if you're a Trump person, or excuse me, if you're a DeSantis supporter, if you've now... Uh, if you've quickly jumped on the Trump train now or if you need a couple more days, and that's fine to take a couple more days. But you're like, nah, I'll get there. <laughs> I just, it, it stings. And of course it stings. Why do you, why do you think he didn't get it though? Why, why do you think, why do you think he didn't, you know, he's pulling 5% in New Hampshire. So I, I, was, I was thinking this. Because I would have thought he would have done better. I don't know. You can't. You just can't go against Trump. But if if you had to come up with some other reason, other than it's just he was going up against Donald Trump, I think it was Trump on Tucker Carlson. I think I think it was one of the debate, the counter debates that uh, the counter debate events that Trump did, and it was the Tucker Carlson interview. I think. Um, and uh, Tucker asked about Ron DeSantis, and and Trump said uh, he has no personality. And I was like, oh, no, at first, at first I said, I don't, I didn't see that. I was like, eh, I don't know. And then it was like the next day I was like, oh yeah, no, sure. Look at that. Yeah. He has no personality and I don't want to, you know, kick the guy when he's down. I'm sure he's a fine fella. Uh, but I didn't see it at first because I don't care about a politician's personality. <laughs> I, so I didn't look to whether I don't look to see whether or not he has one. So, cause I don't care at all, but. Yeah, sure enough, he doesn't have it. Or it doesn't come across on the campaign stage. And that's fine. I'm not a bad person. It just, it just doesn't. I'm not looking for a for personality when it comes to commander-in-chief. I, I don't know. Is that a value? I'm not looking for it, so I didn't notice it. But as soon as Trump said it, then every interview I saw and every clip and every video of him in Iowa, I was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. he has no personality. There was one clip, and I, and I, when I, first, I saw this before Trump said he had no personality. And he was in a bar in Iowa somewhere, and he goes in, and the guy said, I got to find it. The guy said, hi, I'm Jeff. I'm Jeff. And DeSantis goes, yeah. <laughs> or something. It was like something that no human would ever say back. And you're like, oh, that was weird. And I didn't even notice because I don't care. I, I you know, uh, There's lots of awkward exchanges, but uh, I guess if you do a whole campaign of that, uh, that's not gonna like resonate with people. Uh, Trump said that DeSantis should go should undergo an emergency personality transplant, uh, and you see it. I guess once you're told it, you see it hard. Here's just the opening few seconds of DeSantis's video where he spent 150 million dollars and lost, and here's how he comes out. Greetings from Florida. The warmth of being home is a reminder why I've chosen public service. From joining the United States Navy. It's like, ah, no one talks like that. 
I think that's the big that's the big thing today. You have to talk like you talk, and that is one of Trump's greatest appeals. He is the same person, and anyone who's ever spent any time with him ever will tell you he is the exact same on stage, on camera, off camera, anywhere you see him, he's literally the exact same person all the time, and that authenticity is real. No one talks like this. Greetings from Florida. The warmth of being home is a reminder why I've chosen public service. Like that's that's just weird. Like that's doesn't that doesn't there's no charisma there. That doesn't no one says greetings, the warmth of being home. Like what do you and I you know what the actually uh producer Zach has the gif on Twitter this morning. Chose the video or a, a quick gif of DeSantis trying to smile during one of the debates. And that's such a shame. And this, I just real quick, I hate, I hate this analysis. I think this is also stupid. Uh, I, I hate debates. I hate like, oh, does he have the charisma that it takes? Ugh. I like, I think this is so stupid. Uh, I wish none of this was the, it was was necessary at all. To be, but clearly, an aide, someone told him to smile more. And then he tries to smile, and he can't really smile. There's like this weird, uncanny valley, <laughs> whenever he tries to smile and when there's an announcement video is like way too peppy and cheery but he's like no one ever told trump to smile more or maybe they did I, maybe someone tried to but he, he didn't <laughs> trump didn't smile remember trump in the debates i've never seen trump smile in a debate I, i've seen him scowl i've seen him scowl for two hours during the hillary clinton debate he just sits there and he scowls and he will he'll, he'll prowl I've seen him prowl behind Hillary. I've seen him scowl behind Hillary. You've seen the the uh, the debate clips where he he like makes these funny faces. Like, hmm, hmm, hmm. no, I've seen lots of funny faces. I don't know if I've ever seen a smile. So I don't like. Don't force it because here is the deal with our culture today, better or worse, it's all about authenticity. That is the most important character trait in today's culture. Uh, I haven't thought if this is good or bad. I don't know yet. Uh, it doesn't matter right now. The point is authenticity is everything. And it's to the point where it doesn't matter if you're authentically stupid, like you can make a career out of being authentically stupid. You can make a career out of being authentically narcissistic. You like whatever the Kardashian, whatever the Kardashians are, they're authentically that. And it works. Whatever your reality TV show is, they're authentically shameless and that's just who they are all the time so it works you can be authentically bad and people admire it or appreciate it at least authenticity is the number one value i wonder if it has something to do with social media i don't know how we got there but people value authenticity that didn't always that wasn't always the case and again i so so trump's authentic period no question about that and Ron DeSantis never got the, never got his flow, never got the jive going, never got the, uh, I don't want to say swagger, but never lived the authentic, uh, never presented the authentic him, I don't think. Or he's just kind of an awkward guy, but if kind of awkward guy, like just like lean into the awkwardness, you know, like you'd be authentically awkward. And he just never, never clicked. But listen, that's also stupid. I, I It's like, well, what about his policies? Well, I don't know. He has a weird smile when he debates. <laughs> like, it's, it's, and I don't, maybe personality matters. I don't think it does. I think, I think it's good to have a JAG officer as a president. Like, that's probably good. I don't know what personalities. Maybe if you're meeting world leaders, it matters. Uh, no, you got to have the it factor. Do you? So listen, um, you can't beat Trump in a primary. You just can't, especially if your game is Trump light. So Hillary, or not Hillary, well, uh, Nikki, but I repeat myself, she's not trying to be Trump light. So that's why she's getting a little bit of traction here and there, a little bit of headway. She's not, I'm Donald Trump, but nicer. And that, that was kind of DeSantis's thing, is I'm Trump, but I did better on COVID. Or I'm Trump, but I'm not as mean. I'm Trump without the mean tweets. I'm Trump, but younger, and I punch just as hard, but I'm not mean about it. I wouldn't call uh, Rosie fat or whatever, but I'm still like, I'm still tough. I'm Trump without the baggage. Mm, I don't know. I just go with Trump, I guess. I don't need Trump light when Trump's right over there. Maybe if Trump's not in it anymore, I'll, you go with Trump light. 
but Nikki Haley's totally different, which is why she has some some support. I don't know who those people are, but she has some support. But if you like DeSantis because he's kind of like Trump in many ways, you might as well just go for the real deal. And then in four more years when Trump's out of the picture, DeSantis may be the best choice, and I think that's great. 866-95-PATRIOT. 866-95-PATRIOT. Uh, no shame to the DeSantis supporters. I know it's hard to lose. I've lost many times. Last week was tough. Uh, the Iowa caucus. The Bills game last night. Oh, man, if you're that Bills kicker, holy cow. That's just, that's brutal. Brutal. Oh, I feel so bad. That guy just went to bed last night. Such a bad mood. I don't even care. Bills, uh, Chiefs, whatever. But, uh, oh, that kicker. Oh, wide right. Oh, the whole city, the whole team. Oh, you got one job. You couldn't do it. Oh, it's brutal. I feel bad for these guys. So I, I feel real bad for DeSantis. Like he must be a tough morning today. Hard to lose. And if DeSantis was your guy, hard to lose. Last week, we quoted the man in the arena speech by Teddy Roosevelt. It's a great speech. Actually, the whole thing's a great speech. You read the whole thing. It's a long speech, but it's worth it. But this man in the arena portion of the speech, it's become uh, become kind of a, a speech for losers. It's, it's the speech that I give myself when I fail at something. Well, at least I gave it my all, I tell myself. Slater, you, you tried your best. And that's true. But uh, that's not what the speech was. <laughs> the, speech, the speech isn't, well, we're all a bunch of losers here, but at least we tried. Here's the, here's the part I quoted the other day. And it's still true, but this was not his intent. He said, it's not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles. Or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena. And that's DeSantis or, or you as a DeSantis supporter. Whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. Who strives valiantly. Who errs. Who comes up short again and again. Because there's no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows the great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. So you can see that's a really good message to someone who failed at something which is interesting because the speech is not about failing. The speech is about encouraging people to get in the arena in the first place. Maybe we can talk more about that speech another day, but uh, it still works. I, I have no criticism of DeSantis for getting in the arena. I think he, uh, people are like, oh, he was such an idiot for even deciding rhymes. I don't know. Like you never know what's going to happen. Like you, you shoot your shot. As the kids say, that's what the kids say these days. You shoot your shot. You uh, strike while the iron might be hot. Maybe there was a, a time a year ago or whatever. We didn't know what was going on. The feds didn't knock down the door of Mar-a-Lago yet. So you're like, oh, I think there may be a lane here. There may be a way. There, who knows? Like There was a time when we didn't even know if Trump was going to run. So... Yeah, I think you, you go, you do it, you give it a go, and you see if it works. And if it doesn't work, you're like, well, all right. And then you try again next time. All good. 866-95-PATRIOT. Right? Is that okay? Or is that not like a hot take enough? I, th like, I, th I guess my hot take is, it's fine. Good job, Ron. And good job, DeSantis supporters. Now let's, uh, let's, let's do this. Paul is in New Hampshire. What's going on, Paul? How Later. are you? I love your show, Slater, and I, I love it especially early. Um, Thanks, I, I really I'd love to urge you to focus on results. Our, our, our primary is tomorrow, and the, the biggest threat is neocon Nikki and her Democrat donors. We can all unite around this. Vivek, Trump, and DeSantis, with our powers combined, 
We can take down Nikki. Uh, now, this is interesting, Paul. We can talk about this. I've seen um, many different polls. If you were to go to Drudge Report, which I don't know why you would, but if one would, then it says it's a dead heat, Paul. Dead heat. But then I got other polls with Trump up, you know, 17 points. So I don't know what to believe. What are you seeing? Uh, I think Trump is going to win decisively in New Hampshire. And, you know, but but let's let's put neocon Nikki and her Democrat donors and, and our Republican hating Republican governor to bed. Yeah. Why? What, what is this? Who is this supporter of Nikki? I don't know. Yeah. Who, who's this? Do you know this person? Have you interacted with this person? Who are they? Governor Sununu. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, do you have like a neighbor or something? Do you, like, do you have a family member? Sorry, do you, have, do you have like a family member who supports Nikki? Like, I don't get, I don't know why this person exists. I have a lot of neighbors, and the, the, the correlation is I've seen a ton of people who had Biden signs in front of their house in, in the last election. They've now got Nikki Haley signs in front of their houses. There, there are a huge number of people who have jumped from the Democrat primary voter to the Republican primary voter. It's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, we talked to the chairman of the Republican GOP the other day, and he said like thirty percent are registered Republicans, thirty percent are registered Democrats. So it's that forty percent of what do you got? What do you call them? Un, un or non-committed? Independent, quote unquote, independents. Yeah, so you got that forty percent who can go either way. Now, okay, but let's play the game, Paul. Um, maybe that's a real life electorate. Maybe that's a real life part of our nation. Are the people who are kind of in the middle like that? They're not like you and me who listen to talk radio at, at six thirty in the morning and. Uh, you know, they kind of like some things Biden did. And, you know, this, this gal's kind of nice, too. Shouldn't we speak to them? Slash, how will you and your MAGA extremism bring them into the fold in the general? Maybe we need to go with someone who's more moderate, uh, uh, a Paul here, so that we can win in the general. I think we just need to speak to the issues. What's the big one in New Hampshire that you think can win? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's really the same issues that, that every other state's facing, right? high cost of, of everything in part due to illegal immigration. Mm. Yep. And inflation I mean, from food to housing to, you know, I mean, uncontrolled spending at, at, at the local, you know, level, it's just, everything's out of control. There, yep. There's no, there's no fiscal restraint. Yeah. And, and inflation has driven everything through the roof, right? Because Congress has no fiscal restraint. No, so, Nikki, Nikki's not going to rain any of that. And, uh, Paul, yeah. I appreciate it. You know, so what is, is everyone like fired up for tomorrow or is this like a, it's going to be a big turnout. You think, Oh, I pressed the bump. Oh, unbelievable. Um, I've never been in a primary state. I've never been. That's why whenever someone from Iowa or New Hampshire calls in, I'm always like, what's it like there? Like you must be inundated with ads. It must be horrible. I was fascinated. Like, like just like anthropologically, like what's going on in New Hampshire right now? Um, so we'll see if turnouts turnout gets there. Uh, let's go to, uh, is it Jean in North Carolina? Hey, good morning, Mike. Jean, how are you? I'm, I'm sad, but I'm still excited. Okay. I, I, I love Donald Trump. I love what he did for the four years that he tried hard to uh, get above the, the Democratic Swamp and all the things they kept trying to do while he was in office, um, impeaching him twice and and all of that. I I love Ron DeSantis. I wish he would have, you know, had that maybe a personality change because um, <laughs> I, I guess a lot of people didn't see his record for what it was. Um, the things that he was able to do down in Florida were impeccable during covid and and as governor and uh i look forward to him running in four years mm -hmm. very much so where's your excitement is, is that the excitement for the next four years or in this next election how about this next year i i i have to agree with the, the previous caller i think that we do need to focus on what's what's happened with with our country with the inflation the invasion at the border, the things that are going on. We do need somebody in there that's tough, but he's also still Donald Trump, and he's still under how many? 90-something indictments. Um, you know, leave the poor man alone and let him get America back on track. Mm. Gene, I appreciate the call so, very much. 
Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Emergency personality transplant was the, <laughs> that's the quote from Trump. Uh, everyone knows the media would destroy DeSantis, right? And, and or, listen, we have a lot to be, to get ready for. I've been saying a lot like this year is going to be a lot. So we don't need to, we don't need to yet gird our loins for 2028, but get ready for 96 indictments again against Ron DeSantis <laughs> in four years as well. So uh, it's all coming. R- Ron DeSantis will be worse than Donald Trump because he actually believes it. Uh, Ron DeSantis will be worse than Donald Trump because he really is pro-life. Ron DeSantis will be worse than Donald Trump because he's actually really smart and therefore dangerous. Like Ron DeSantis went to Yale and then Harvard Law School. So he really believes it. Ron DeSantis will be worse because he's, uh, you know, he was in the military. So he's, he's uh, one of those uh, true MAGA extremist military gun nuts. Right. Uh, Ron DeSantis will be worse because he's not, uh, you know, Trump. Oh, Trump's legacy in 2028 will be uh, amazing. It'll be, uh, oh, he was such a uniter. He uh, worked with uh, lots of uh, black organizations and, uh, you know, he won the Rosa Parks Award uh, when he was in New York City. And but Ron, he's an r- actual racist. He's, you know, he's never been seen with a black person or whatever. Like, <laughs> so Ron's going to be way worse in 2028. Uh, but we will cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, let's go to Woody, who's in Florida. What's up, Woody? Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about the Never Trumpers. Mm-hmm. And I know from X, a lot of them settled in DeSantis camp. They're going to jump over. Not all of the DeSantis supporters. So I'm, I'm going to turn that blanket statement into an Afghan. So if it doesn't apply to you, you fit <laughs> through the holes. Um, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. I've never heard that before. Did you make that up or did you take gonna, that from did you make that up? I made that up a while oh. ago because I throw blankets and I want to make sure that people that it doesn't apply to just that's ignore really what good. I'm going to say because it doesn't apply to you. Um, I'm going to make an Afghan statement. They're going to jump statement. over to Nikki. Oh, that's so good. These, these Never Trumpers are going to jump over to Nikki. And when they lose, when Nikki gets stumped tonight because she needs to be de- – or tomorrow night, she needs to be destroyed tomorrow night because we got to stop these, these primaries because the left cross over to pick the weakest candidates – Mm-hmm. They're gonna, they're gonna coalesce these never Trumpers. These ant, they're gonna pick up their Antifa flags and their we hate Republican Republican flags and jump over to Biden because they're the most unpredictable people. These never Trumpers, and I'm talking about the never Trumpers on the right. Yeah, if you work with, I Ray, know where it, a Democrat's gonna land on any given situation. Yeah. I know where and what Antifa is gonna do because. I grew up just outside of Portland, and I had to suffer that for four years until I got out of there after I got my CDL. I don't even go to Oregon anymore. And that's what Oregon GOP does. They pick the weakest candidate for that state to run for governor because they know they're going to lose. They don't want the job. Hmm. Uh, yeah, someone, someone the other day called New Hampshire. It's a, it's a rhino herd up here. <laughs> I like that line. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So that... Well, listen, DeSantis is only pulling 5% in New Hampshire. Maybe we can go over the polls next here. So, but, but if, let's say, let's say four, four, four points go to Nikki. In one of the polls, that would have Nikki over Trump. Uh, but in another poll, you know, now she'd only lose by 12. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll see. I learned a long time ago not to trust polls because the way they were saying, oh, Hillary's going to beat Trump a thousand or a million to one, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Do you remember no. that crap and all oh, the yeah. polls leading oh. up to it? Do I remember? Uh-huh. It was it was it was one of the greatest periods of my life. Uh, Woody, appreciate you, brother. Uh, I'm still on that Afghan line. Is that cool? I'm reminded of. I got to go back and read this. Do you remember the National Review? They did a. Um, this is back in 2016. They did a, uh, a Never Trump issue. It was a special issue, and they had some of the biggest names in conservatism right why they they could never go for donald trump and i'm pretty sure all those people are now on the trump train thomas Sowell was one of them oh i i've i i i I was hesitant to even say it lest perhaps i i leave a negative taste in your mouth of the great thomas Sowell. Uh, if you watch the stream on the first tv.com it's the second two hours of the show we're now on the first tv.com Direct TV channel 347, Fubu, Distro, um, Roku, uh, the first TV app. We're everywhere now for the second two hours of the show. You'll see a pile of books behind me. And I got a couple Thomas Soul books right here. And I, I, oh, I feel horrible. 
that I dare even mention the name Thomas Sowell in negative light. But he's on the Trump train. So it's okay. And I think DeSantis, I, I think most DeSantis people will, right? I don't know why. Hmm. Or were you on the DeSantis train because you like Trump, but he's mean. So now that DeSantis is out, you're like, well, Trump's still mean. I, I, just, I can't get behind the he's mean thing. I just can't do that. I, got, I don't have a lot of patience for that right now. I could maybe entertain that a year or so ago. I got, no, I got nothing for that. I got nothing for that right now. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. He's mean. He says mean things or hurt your feelings. I can't. I can't, can't deal with that. Things are too important right now. We have to shut down the border. Oh, but Trump's mean. Back to Breitbart News Daily. Thanks for being here. I want to go to my congressman, uh, Congressman Mark Green. He's on the uh, House Homeland Security Committee. Uh, talking about impeachment. Now, I am, like, over this, <laughs> too. And I talked to him about that. Like, what the heck, Congressman? What are we doing here? Why is it taking so long? And he has an answer for it. Let's see if you think it's a good one. Uh, but let's uh, let's get this show on the road, guys. But we, we talked about other things as well uh, that are worthy of our attention, too. So here's Congressman Green. I want to go right to my congressman. Congressman Mark Green, representing Tennessee, who happens to be the chair of the House Homeland Security Committee. How are you doing, Congressman? I'm doing great. How are you? Really good to talk to you. First, the, I mean, the, the news of the moment, sir. Were you a DeSantis guy or on the Trump train? Oh, I was with Trump from uh, April of last year. I endorsed him when he was in, uh, in Nashville. What do you say to the uh, DeSantis supporters today? Well, come, come, uh, come on board the train. I guess that you know it's. Uh, we knew and feel pretty confidently that that most of the the DeSantis folks will will move to Trump. I, I'm sure several were there just because of, uh, you know, issues with rhetoric and things like that. But the policies are pretty much the same. Yeah. And and hopefully, you know, the way I I look at it, uh, if I had a brain tumor. I want. I don't care about the doctor's bedside manner. I want the best brain surgeon, and that's mm. that's why I'm I'm with Trump. I mean, you look at his policies when he was president. You look at what he's talking about doing now. Um, so I, I'm with him. I think most of DeSantis's people will join him. I was asking earlier today for that. Who are the people who are DeSantis supporters who are never Trumpers? I'm I'm really curious about like that Venn diagram. We had a few call in who are who are going for Nikki Haley now. I'm just very fascinated by that. Um, and, and I think the gist is, well, it's twofold. If I take them, yeah, I'm trying to be genuine. Uh, the first is they are turned off by the, by the mean tweets, bad attitude, his bombastic behavior, his yeah. bully behavior, Congressman. Uh, but then also they think that they're, let's, let's take the best, the best argument I think is, is they think there's more moderates out there, more Nikki Haley Republicans and Nikki Haley-like moderates um, and independents that can actually win the next election in 2024. What do you think of that? I think there are a lot of people who who are in that camp. I mean, and a lot, of course, being a relative term. But honestly, I can't imagine that those folks are going to look at a ballot with Donald Trump, which he's going to be on the ballot, and um, and Joe Biden and push the push the Joe Biden button. I mean, I, I just I can't I cannot see it. What Joe Biden has done not only at the southern border, but in our economy and in the global situation, uh, stair-stepping his approach to Ukraine, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, uh, the way he's handled this Middle Eastern conflict with Iran, every single decision that guy's made has been the absolute opposite to, the, to, to what's best for America. And, you know, if, if personality and uh, some mean tweets keep you from saving the country, um, you know, I, I have a real problem with that. I mean, I, you know, and I tell, I bump into those people all the time and I am, share my feelings about it. Um, I would be shocked that the number will, you know, that will push the Biden button on, on that day. I just, I, I, I can't see it. Yeah. And your, your point, like I, I'm losing patience with that too. And I don't want to lose patience with it because I want to, uh, 
you know, we want to bring everyone in here, Congress. But it's like, yeah. oh man, like, um, ah, like get it, get in it, man. <laughs> you gotta like wake up here. We got we got a country to save. Um, that's right. I mean, that's a, it's literally down to that. And you look at things like the central bank digital currency and how quickly they're moving forward with that. They they're posting job listings for maintaining a central bank digital currency. They've got it written. I mean, this is. Mm. They are capitalists. I mean, they are communists at uh, Joe Biden. I mean, it's a cell of people there that are they're pure communists. I mean, they they want total control in Washington, D.C. And um, and, and that elite group, typical of all communists. Right. So it's a uh, it, it, we cannot allow another four years of Joe Biden or who, whoever's pulling this strings there. Yeah. So let's get going, people. But we'll give people time to, to mourn and grieve and uh, the time will come when hopefully. Yeah. Uh, sanity prevails. Uh, alas, no sanity has prevailed at our border. So you're on the uh, House Homeland Security Committee. You're the chair of it. Uh, what have you guys decided to do with the guy who's running the show down there, Mayorkas? Yeah, so after our – we did five you know, phases of an almost year-long investigation into the conduct at the border. And it's very clear that uh, Secretary Mayorkas has basically subverted the laws passed by Congress. It's intentional. It's willful. It is an executive branch that is refusing to follow the law and is subverting the law. And you cannot have a cabinet secretary who just disregards the co-equal branch of government, completely disregards. And he also disregarded the judiciary branch as numerous court orders, you know, basically said what you're doing is, is violating the law. Stop. And uh, so you can't have a cabinet secretary that just chooses to do whatever they want. We write the laws. This is what the Constitution says. They execute the laws as written. And so we're going to, uh, you know, do a markup for impeachment articles and take them to the floor. Hopefully they pass committee. I'm I'm pretty confident they will. And then we'll go to the floor and give everybody a chance to, uh, you know, make their vote. So uh, I'm channeling our friend Tom McClintock, who we talked to a while back, who voted against impeaching Mayorkas. And he says, listen, I, I, the guy's doing horrible, but he hasn't broken the law. I can, and I can't impeach a guy who hasn't broken the law. High crimes, misdemeanors, Congressman. What do you say to that? Yeah, so very clearly the founders, we didn't have a, a legal code back then. I mean, we, we didn't have a criminal code, a very minimal criminal code at that point. And it's very clear if you look at, I think the best uh, founding father quote is when Madison was actually in the House, and they were forming the State Department. And he said, you know, there was a lot of problems. Well, why would we form this department? We could, you could have a, a, a bad leader in there. And uh, Matt, Madison essentially says, and I'm paraphrasing, that if you have a bad person doing bad things in this department head, meaning the secretary, and a president refuses to remove a bad president is his words refuses to remove that bad individual the congress has the power to impeach that individual interesting so that that's a madison quote that guy he was one of the prime authors of the constitution <laughs> he wrote the constitution yeah he wrote the okay. constitution right so uh, i would think he would know what high crimes and misdemeanors would mean and then there's the court the, the supreme court in texas versus um the United States. Um, in that court ruling, they, they said, hey, we, the states don't have standing here. Now, they did not make a decision on whether or not uh, Americus was lawless and, and violating the INA. They said, don't have standing. The only, the only recourse in a case where that happens is impeachment. So the Supreme Court, in that ruling, both in the dissent and in the concurrence on the decision, both justices said the the only recourse for a, a cabinet secretary who is refusing to do his job, refusing to obey by the laws, and, and is disregarding a branch, a separate co-equal branch of government, is impeachment. Hmm. So I, I think they've made a ruling on it. The founding fathers are, are clear on this. It does not have to be a crime. If you commit – if he murders somebody, there's a crime there. He goes to jail. There's a whole other judicial process for that. The only process for a lawless secretary who is uh, <clears throat> disregarding co-equal branches of government is impeachment. So I am of the opinion that it is my duty to do this, Isn't and it? we are moving forward. 
But isn't it within the executive branch, co-equals branch uh, authority to not execute the laws as you write them? Isn't that just what they do now? And, uh, you know, they, they, they pass or what, what, whoever said uh, the Supreme Court uh, made their decision. Now let them watch me not in, not execute or whatever. Right. So they, they can they can choose to do whatever they want to do. Well, the law is very clear. It's very interesting that in this particular case, in the Immigration and Nationality Act, uh, it says shall detain. It doesn't say m- – most – you know, it doesn't say, uh, DOJ, you shall um, incarcerate and convict every murderer. Um, it says, you know, do your job, uh, prosecute the crime of murder. It doesn't say you shall get every murderer. But the law written by Congress says you shall detain. Now, granted, there have been resource issues in the past, but every single secretary in the past has detained up to the point where their resources are exhausted. Mayorkas has done just the opposite. He has created situations where he didn't have to detain until the very end, and he's allowed criminal. I mean these are people like MS-13 gang members that go into the U.S. and rape and kill people. He's allowed terrorists to just come right into the country. So, I mean, he's yeah. doing just the opposite of what the law says and, and, and basically executing his own agenda because he doesn't like what the laws passed by Congress. That yeah. scenario cannot happen with a cabinet secretary. If okay. we're going to have a constitutional republic with three separate co-equal branches of government, that can't happen. This is a constitutional crisis from my standpoint. Okay. I'm talking with Congressman Mark Green, my congressman, uh, Nashville area, who's the chair of the House Homeland Security Committee. Uh, all right, Congressman, can you do you mind emailing me or sending me that uh, that quote, that James Madison quote? I want to do some more research on that and, and find that one out and tell that story in more detail because that's fascinating. Um, but yeah, wh- absolutely. What do, you, what do you say to our audience who is like, all right, Congressman, you're talking a big game here. You mentioned five phases <laughs> and a year-long process. Like, enough already, Congressman. Let's go. Hey, yeah, I get it. I'm pissed, too. I wanted to do this months ago, but it, we got McClintock's out there who – who, who one, have the misconception that there has to be a crime, and two, there are several that are like, look, we do, the Democrats bastardized the process of impeachment. So let's, let's do a due process. And so that's why – and the five phases were designed not only to convince eight Republicans in the House, but they were also to build the Fuhrer and educate the American people because we're fighting against a media that yeah. just doesn't care about the truth. Now, there are isolated uh, organizations, you know, out there that are telling the truth that are but but it's it's minimal. And so this tsunami of false information has to be confronted with the truth. And it takes time in a situation where you have limited ability to get the information to the American people. So we planned it very strategically to over a course of five phases. We issued a report at the end of each phase. We issued a final report in December it was all designed to educate the American people on what one they're doing and to the impact to the country. Yeah, wow. And so you know, we've done the due process. No one can say uh, that green, you know, did this, you know, willy nilly and bastardized yeah, the process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You guys are not rushed. <laughs> you have not rushed to impeachment. Um, yeah. 300,000 in December. That's uh, that's a record. That's uh all the phases I need to, but alas, here we yeah. are five. Yeah, you so, and me both, but I got eight guys and I got, you know, the American people. Yeah. And <laughs> what, what, you know, what informed me was this, the DC crime bill, the DC crime bill, Biden said he'd, he'd uh, veto it. If it came to him, the Senate said they'd never hear the bill. What is it? What is this and bill? What, what is this bill? DC, take? It was very early in last year when we just took over the majority, the, uh, basically the legislative branch of D.C. that said they were going to street violent criminals. And so Congress has constitutional oversight over Washington, D.C. Got it. The district. So uh, a bill was filed by, I think it was Andrew Clyde out of uh, Georgia, to, to basically say, heck no, you're not going to do that, right? Well, they did this massive campaign across the country, informed Congress, informed the people Chuck Schumer reversed position, allowed it to pass the Senate, and Joe Biden said, changed his mind basically and said, okay, fine, I will uh, sign the bill. And he signed it into law. Fast forward to mid middle of last year, Biden comes out with a threat against hunting education courses. 
I immediately connect with the media. We rally the troops. I write a bill. It passes It passes basically the House with one no vote and passes the Senate unanimously. And Biden signs it into law, reversing his own decision to stop funding to, to school hunter safety programs. So what, what we have to do is there's a process here, and that process is educating the American people and educating your fellow colleagues that the American people believe the way the way the bill's written. So that's that's what informed me to, okay, five phases, let's lay it out for the American people, and I think we've done that. Yeah, fair. Uh, how's Mike Johnson doing? I'm rooting for him. Mike's how's he doing? doing? You know, he's got the hardest job in the world. And, um, I mean, he's threading a needle. We're, we're down to a two-person majority here after uh, Bill Johnson leaves. Um, it's it's just uh, it, it's it's tough. I think he's doing okay. He's he's drawn the line on border security, um, and and hopefully hopefully this next little short CR gets some of that stuff done. Um, but we're we're going to impeach Mayorkas. Hopefully, I'm pretty confident. But, uh, you know, you don't know until the votes are cast. But, uh, you know, we're moving forward. And I, I think he's doing a, a good job. It's just it's just an, it's almost an impossible job with a two person majority. Last question for you, Congressman. You're a major in the uh, in the army. We were talking earlier about the Houthis as uh, just the clearest example of a seemingly insignificant uh, foreign policy decision to remove the Houthis from the terror list back in 2021 that very few people paid attention to and a, a direct direct result uh, ramification of that that has now resulted in two navy seals dying and uh it's just the beginning of it uh what, what should we know about the houthi threat and and how this happened well the houthis are just like the iraqi um uh the the iranian backed militias in iraq and syria they're just like hamas they're just like hezbollah they're another iranian um you know terror group that operates under the control of the Iranians, uh, at at the behest of the Iranians, and with their their technical and financial support. And when you want to cozy up to the Iranians, and you take certain people off a terrorist watch list, you put pressure on a on an ally, Saudi Arabia, to stop fighting them too. You uh, do a six billion dollar deal for five hostages. Uh, that's nothing but weakness. It's it, and weakness is like provocation in a way. You might as well slap your enemy in the face because they're going to take, especially an evil bunch like the Iranians, the leadership in Iran, right? Uh, the people of Iran, not no, but the, the, the theocracy in Iran, I mean, they are totalitarian dictators and they're thugs and they manipulate their religion to justify what they're doing. And so, um, yeah, the, the Houthis need to die. I mean, they, they fired on an American ship they struck an American ship. They all should be. They should all be dead right now. Congressman, last question: What is what was the most emotionally difficult thing in Army Ranger School? It was different for each person. You know, you find your break point. For me, it was food. Uh, for some people, it's sleep. Uh, the food deprivation really messed with my head. Um, but how, much de- think, how much deprivation uh, are we talking about here? Because I was sick the other day. I didn't eat for 24 hours, Congressman. <laughs> I lost. I went in, at, you know, and I was in the best shape of my life at that point. And I went in at about 180 pounds and came out at about 150 pounds. So, it, you know, it's a, it's a grueling, um, <clears throat> you know, food deprivation, sleep deprivation. You, and you have to lead uh, other people and convince them to do what you need them to do uh, when they're starving uh, when their body is digesting itself and, and when they haven't slept. So it's, it's, uh, it's tough. Uh, and, you know, proudest moment of my life was when I got to pin my Ranger tab that I had actually saved. I saved the exact one pinned on me by my mentor. Still had the safety pin on it. I, I pinned it 33 years later on my son. Oh, come on. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty doggone cool. What? What? Yep. When when you yep. were in the midst of losing those 30 pounds, did you even have like a glimmer that one day you would do that on your son? Like, I, I, or, or is this just like totally out of nowhere? That's amazing. Yeah, I saved it with, you know, as soon as I got that tab, I took it off, put it in my desk drawer, one to look at it all the time when I would think about, uh, you know, wanting you to whine or something. I, you, yeah. You'd look at that and yeah, say, like, okay, you're late for lunch. that bad. 
Yeah. Exactly. But but also, I, I've had the thought then that, you know, maybe I'll get to pin this on a son someday or a daughter. Whoa. And now, you know, girls are doing it and doing it well. So, um, yeah, I, I that's that was my perspective then. I kept it. And, uh, yeah, he has oh, it now. Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, Congressman Mark Green, uh, my congressman, Middle Tennessee, chair of the House Homeland Security Committee. Keep it up, sir. Appreciate you. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me. Have a great day. 866-95-PATRIOT. Listen, his whole point about there's not many media sources out there that are telling the truth. Like, like if, if you had to point to one topic that Breitbart.com excels more than anyone, any other topic, and there's many that they excel at over anyone, but the, by far the greatest delta between Breitbart and anyone else is, uh, is the border. Like, like, you want some, you, if you come across someone who's not caught up on what's happening at the border, you send them to Breitbart.com for a couple of days, and they'll be caught right up real fast because they're not getting it anywhere else. 866-95-PATRIOT. I want to get back to, uh, we'll do some immigration stuff coming up tomorrow or the next day. We've got a lot of politics happening right now. Because uh, uh, Nadler, 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 um, the other day said that illegal immigrants, not immigrants, illegal immigrants are the lifeblood of America. Fantastic. So we have to talk about that. But we hold on to that one, though. I want to just take our day here to talk about DeSantis and the DeSantis supporter and what's next. We had a couple calls earlier from the DeSantis supporter that says they're going to vote for Nikki Haley. I don't understand that person. I guess I do. I guess if you want to tell me, I, I don't, I don't, I, I agree with the congressman. Like I have no patience for the, oh, Trump's mean. Like I'm, I'm done with it. I'm so done with it. Uh, like grow up. But if you want to do the math game, okay, we can have some sort of conversation here. Like, oh, there's more independence and she has a better likelihood of winning. Like, uh, like obviously I disagree with that, but like, okay. Like I kind of see where you are, but the Trump's mean, Trump's a bully. No, come on. I'm American made. Thanks for listening to Breitbart News Daily. Again, we simulcast on thefirsttv.com, and you can find out all the ways to watch the show on the website, thefirsttv.com. Coming up tomorrow, obviously, we'll do our uh, final uh, preview of New Hampshire, but I also want to talk about Sports Illustrated going out of business, and when you say go woke, go broke, that's not a dunk on the communists. They love that. They're like, yeah, I know. That was the point. The point was to take it over, infiltrate, go woke, and then destroy it. So we went and we're like, oh, see, guys, oh, you you went woke and you went broke. It's like, well, we just destroyed another cultural icon. So we win. Oh, yeah. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Mike Slater, Breitbart News Daily. Spread the word.